Greetings, everyone. Mm. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we will not be playing D&D. As always, I am your host, Tyler. Co-host Till, reporting in. RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into that void. Soon. Very about soon. various aspects of the D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. Uh, or, you know emailing us at rwdpodcast at gmail.com as, mm-hmm. as as was Paul, again, want to do with a good point. Paul. Points, I suppose. Yes. he's uh, He had some commentary on the Artificer. Yes, very, very good commentary. Um, and I think we'll address that quickly here. Sure, brah. Um, he he, he started with uh, the canon. What's it called? Eldritch canon? Eldritch canon, yes. The Eldric Cannon. <clears throat> For Eldritch Cannon, it only takes a bonus action to activate the cannon. So his commentary was that the low damage, not a big deal because it's su- essentially supplemental damage. Uh, so for the entire turn, you're looking to cast a spell and use the cannons. So what do you think? So uh, I like what he said. Uh, and on both of his points with uh, the other thing he mentioned was the alchemist being able to decide what uh, experimental elixir they make uh, whenever they use the spell slot instead of getting the free one. Um, And I hadn't really considered an artificer to essentially be like the alchemical version of a paladin where you're just blowing slots to do other abilities. Like, I hadn't really thought about that. I always thought the artificer has spell casting and they cast spells and then they have these abilities but I feel like just like a paladin, you kind of combine them as an artificer. You say, okay, you know, whereas a paladin would smite, I will make extra cannons or I will make extra potions. And when you do that, I feel like an artificer actually, and to Paul's credit, gets better um, and has more uh, ability to control their surroundings and to really... Uh, uh, affect damage on a battlefield if necessary. So that's for the alchemist. One. That's for both. Yeah, I mean, and then also for the cannon, you can make it more than once a day, which I never really thought to use spell slots to do that, which is helpful. Well, his point would be not to do that. You're using your spell slots to cast a spell, and you're getting some bonus damage from the cannons. Yeah, but I mean, only for one minute, I get at 20th level 68 as a bonus action. I mean, yeah, that's great, but. If I'm only gonna do it once a day, uh, you know, if we if you have more than one fight, it's not so helpful anymore. Yeah, I think as from a combat perspective, the Eldritch Cannon is still, you know, yeah, it's a bonus action that's still fine because supplemental. Um, but it's it's the point being, it is not your DPS ability because if you're still counting, like, well, well, it's fine because I'm still doing the bulk of my damage over here with Fireball, then it's like, well, what you're arguing for is that Fireball is good. Um, you're not arguing for the Eldritch Cannon being good. It's just fine. And see, yeah. good. Sorry. The Al- I was just gonna say the Alchemist thing. Yeah, that that was a good point we didn't bring up. Um, being able to think about it as a changing our way of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it does make it a little better, sort of, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, you get to decide what you get. I think my problem with the experimental elixir isn't necessarily that it's random. It's that the abilities aren't great. Like the boat yes. doesn't really do things that I care about. I'd say the fly speed for 10 minutes is probably the best, but it's only 10 feet. Yeah. So it's like you um, fly far or fast. So you like hover a, across a chasm or something. The AC one is fine. What, plus one? It's fine. Uh, plus one can be game changing. Never once. Uh, and then the healing one is the basic health potion. Yeah. So now the I'm, potions get better, I think, yes. later in the game. So, so if I'm spending my spell slots to make such to make mediocrity, okay. I guess the question is, and I haven't really dove into it too much. I know the artificer, artificer, whatever, has decent enough spells. Are they really, you know, is getting a basic healing potion worth maybe cure wounds just in general? And you know, correct. It depends what your trade-off is there. I actually love the idea, uh, the the alchemist not so much. I thought the Eldritch Cannon thing, getting extra of those, because then suddenly I'm a, 
I'm making an equivalency between a first level spell and 3d8 as a bonus action per turn for a minute. Suddenly that first level spell slot is pretty, pretty fucking powerful. Right. So, so in that respect, um, I definitely looked at the Eldritch Cannon in a much different light because of Paul. The uh, experimental elixirs, I still think they're pretty shitty. But that's yeah, I still don't think right. they're they're worth it. Um, the only the only benefit, the only upside to the healing one, and this is just like the original Archivist on Arcana, it's not that it's providing two D four plus intelligence healing. It's that it's providing two D four plus intelligence healing that I don't have to cast. You get to keep it on on you and use it yourself. Yes. So it's yes. not actually eating into my action economy. Yes, and that is helpful. Okay, so thank you, Paul, you know, for giving us an email worth responding to. Appreciate that. Delete. Uh, now we're going <laughs> to move on to what are we talking about? Uh, we are on to the Druid Fighter, two very opposing things. Ah, uh, you think so, huh? Until this book came out, yes. So Druids have a couple, two new circles that are in this book. Two new, one old. We'll skip the old one. And obviously sake. some bonus features, optional features at the front. Yes. So go ahead and start us off with the optional features. Additional druid spells. I have no they get a lot. Any of them. They do get a lot. Yeah. This is like almost twice as many as the druid, as the cleric gets. Rather. Yeah, cleric's got shit. Um, so several of them are just, okay, here's a spell from this book. You can summon new stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, some of them, again, make... Sense, continual flame, makes sense. Enlarge, reduce, totally. Some of them, like cone of cold, I'm not convinced it's on. It's elemental. It makes sense. It is elemental, but a druid is not an evocation wizard, right? It's not. Why am I? It, 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 it's 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 limited access nature. to big. It's, an, it's controlling nature. I've no but it's problem. limited it's... access to big damage spells as part of the 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 druid flavor, right? So if you're just gonna slowly give them the, the power creep of access to all these big damaging spells, um, I, I might have a problem with that. But one cone of cold and one incendiary cloud doth not a sorcerer make. Incendiary cloud is so fun. Love incendiary clouds. It, it is fun. So, wild companion, they get a familiar. Why, like... For what, an hour? For a number of hours equal to half your druid level. For a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, for a while. For a while, in all fairness. but For a day. Call it a day. My issue, and I I see online all these forums about how awesome familiars are and flock of familiars is a great spell and having familiars is great because it can aid you and it can give you advantage on all this shit. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, maybe these guys just play with the nicest DMs in the world because my DM would kill my familiar in the first two seconds of it being alive. That's a completely unfair. I would never do that. I feel like you would have a it, it, now, unless we're fighting like you know zombies. Maybe they wouldn't recognize that the familiar is a good thing for a wizard or sorcerer to have. But I feel like any intelligent person would look at this very weak, simple thing that is helping a spellcaster and say, "Well, if I can kill it, I probably should." Its its actions are limited, right? It's it's always the aid action. All I ever hear about is the aid action. The aid advantage, advantage, advantage. I don't know. Can familiars do that? Familiars can do like anything, from what I read. For fuck's sake. Where is that? D and D familiar aid action. Yeah. Can a familiar use a help action to grant advantage on attacks? Uh. 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 I guess there's no reason that it can't. Right. Um, and also being able to look through its eyes is all the rage. So if you're if we're looking at it this way, second level druid feature, you gain the ability to provide the help action, right? At a range. That's kind of what this says. Just be a it, giant eagle. Like, why would I pick a raven familiar over being a literal giant eagle? Like, ah. Uh, because lower level, you can't be a giant eagle? Then I'm a goddamn, like, wa fucking walrus or some shit. I don't know. And later, the giant eagle dies very easily? I don't know. 
Oh, and the familiar doesn't. And I, I, I don't get familiars. I don't get them. No, no one in our group apparently does either. Cause I don't remember anyone ever having a familiar. The warlock little companion. That's the, the best different, type of familiar. different. Cause you can do shit with that one. That one's that one can be wild. But yeah, I think this was a, a this is a fun replacement of wild shape, which is okay to begin with gets better when you can fly. And then is immediately garbage unless you're the circle of the moon. Now, back in the day, you're familiar, not you're familiar. You, uh, Druids used to have just animal companions. So I think that's what this is. Yeah, it's trying. It's yeah. trying that. They also get cantrip versatility, which we've talked about a million times. Whatever. So. Okay. Circle of spores. Ravnica, right? Yep. Out of Ravnica. We've talked about it before. It's gross, but I'm sure someone will make it cute. Uh, I don't actually understand it personally. Like the the you're the a mushroom line. person. Just deal with it. They see nothing inherently wrong with undeath, comma, which they consider to be a companion to life and death. But these druids believe that the natural cycle is healthiest when each segment of it's vibrant and changing. Undead that seek to replace all life with undeath, or that try to avoid passing to a final rest, violate the cycle and must be thwarted. I don't feel like that makes sense at all, just flavor-wise. They're fine with bad things as long as they're the ones doing it. It, yeah, but that like, undeath violates the cycle of life and death Unless by its very nature. Yeah, I don't think it's. Uh, I still don't think druids and spores make much sense, but it, it's it's a fine pseudo. Yeah, I don't know why they keep thing. making it a thing. Stop trying to make fetch a thing. Stop trying to make fetch a thing. Speaking of fetch, not really fetch. We're going to move on to the first new one here, Circle of Stars. You know, um, I, I, I actually kind of like it. So, I do too, with the caveat that I'm never going to use it ever because astrology is dumb. Don't dispute that. Um, I like it, and we'll get into all the functionality of it, but I like that it expands bonus actions and reactions for a druid. They, they Circle of the Stars, druid... Draws in the power of starlight and constellations. There are astrologers. Every every circle of the stars druid, when you meet them, asks you what your sign is. Absolutely, 100% guaranteed. And they tell you theirs, and they ask you what time you were born, and they tell you the moon you were born under, and they, they know, they're like, oh my god, you're a, you're a dragon? I can't associate with you. You're you're the archer? Oh my god, you're so, so emotional. Uh, and that's what this felt like when I was reading the description. Even getting like a star map that you could use a crystal to create, like you know, arguably a pretty cool map. Um, if 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 they're astrologers, so flavor wise, I hate them in my very core, but their abilities are cool. Yes. Second level, second level, they get to cast guiding bolt a bunch, which is pretty sweet. You pretty. get it as a druid spell, and then also you can cast without expending a spell slot. A number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, so yeah. several times. Yeah, that's huge. Because guiding bolt's a powerful first level spell, dude. Four d six and advantage on the next attack. Yeah, like if you have a decent spell ability stat and you can hit with this, which as a druid you do, that's good. It that's is very good. I really it's good. awesome. Yeah. Um, and you also know the guidance cantrip, which is fine. Yeah, helpful out of combat. Yeah, uh, but you have to make a map to use these things. The map can be an actual map. A tablet map, a hide map, a bunch of maps, a disc glass map, or a crystal that projects starry patterns in place before a light. It makes like. Which one a, would you take? I would take a crystal because it makes a hologram, basically. Oh, uh, see, I want glass discs. I'm going to just be like, ooh, nope, ooh, nope, that's the just... one. <laughs> kind of like a kid with, you know, those old binocular things where you click the switch and it. Yeah, view, view masters. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's I, that's what my guy would have. He'd be looking through it like, nope, nope, that's the stars I want. I actually like that visually, but the rest of them are just maps, which is like, okay, here's a map, and then a regular map, and then a regular map, and then some multiple regular maps, and then two cool maps. <laughs> um, so they actually have to have a map which you can recreate within an hour of your time if you lose it. Yes. Now, they also get a second level, a visually much cooler wild shape. Yes. They get yeah. to turn into... Um, Algalon from World of Warcraft is essentially a creature made out of stars and constellations. The starry form. Yeah, you you retain your game stats, but you become a luminous, starry, glowing lines-looking motherfucker. You turn into a beacon that just screams, "Hit me!" Yeah, you glow. You give ten feet of light off, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. You you gain damage resistance later in life. But uh, 
you get to choose uh, a form that you take the archer the chalice the dragon and each one actually has some pretty cool abilities the they do they do um they're not the greatest like i i love that the archer gets a bonus action attack that's pretty cool yes bonus action 1d8 plus wisdom yeah yeah, that's that's not bad. Again, we talked about it with the cannon. It's bonus action, okay, right? It's supplemental to your regular action you're taking, mm-hmm. so that's fine. The chalice lets you use um, as it whenever you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points. Somebody else or you can actually gain an additional one d eight plus wisdom hit points. It feels like uh, the life domains abilities where they can yeah, just amplify of. healing. It's like a bonded healing. Oh, I'm healing you. I'm also healing you. Which is, that's pretty great for, you know, stabilizing somebody, mm-hmm. um, healing the, the the secondary fighters who aren't that damaged. Uh, that actually feels like a pretty good ability. The dragon is interesting. See, the first two parts with the intelligence or wisdom check, whatever, fuck it, I don't care. But not being able to roll less than a 10 on a con save to maintain concentration, that could be huge. Yes, uh, because essentially anything that's you know below twenty damage, right? You pass. Yeah, yeah automatically. And especially um, considering that you probably have one to your constitution, you pass even more. Yeah. Um, and a lot of druid spells are concentration based, which makes this form very helpful. So, uh, when you're wild shaped, you can still cast spells, right? Uh, no, not unless you're circled the moon. So can this one cast spells? Because uh, it doesn't really say. I don't have an answer to it that. It can't. Which if it can't cast spells while being starry, this ability is useless. But right? you can't still focus. You can cancel concentrate in wild shape. Yeah, you could have met. You could have cast a spell yeah. and then wild shape. Yeah, but it still feels. Well, let me go. To, let me go to Wild Shape. Awesome. I'm going to Druid right now. Uh, your game statistics are replaced. You transform, assume the beast hit point. You can't cast spells, and your ability to speak or take any action that requires hands is limited to the capabilities of your beast form. Transforming doesn't break concentration on a spell you've already cast, however, or prevent you from taking actions that are part of a spell, such as call lightning. Doesn't it feel like this one? It's implied that you can. I mean, you don't lose your hands or anything. So, yeah, it's. I think it's the same with, like, the Circle of Spores, where when you just spore out, you still have your hands and everything. You, there's no reason you can't cast spells. Yeah, I feel like they should have explicitly stated that probably uh, that you can cast spells here. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't really have yeah, I, uh, I mean, because there's... As written, rules as written, you cannot cast spells when you take starry form. You can just you can just greatly concentrate well, on the one spell you already had. Eh, wait, wait. A, we're taking way too much time with this, but B, uh, I don't think we're taking too much time. It's important. It does. I think as, it does I'll, technically I'll, use. Wild shape and wild shape says you can't cast spells while in your shape. Right. I'm gonna tweet at Jeremy Crawford again. Yep, get at him. Oh, he responded to me by the way, people. Yeah, bards break the game. Forgot to mention that at the top um, of the show. But moving on, moving on while we're while we're getting on to this. Uh yeah, yeah. the cosmic omen feature is not bad. Um I didn't really understand it. What do you mean? Uh like what is this for? Is it for you to use it? Because yeah. you can use it on yourself? Whenever a creature you can see within 30 feet of you, yes. So when you finish a long rest, you consult your map. You either you... help yourself or your allies, or you hurt other people, depending on which thing you roll. Yeah, you, you look at your map, and you say, oh, well, the stars are aligned. Either good news for me or bad news for my enemies. Yeah. And you can use your reaction to roll a d6 to add to an attack roll saving throw or ability check. Or your reaction to subtract a d6 from an attack roll, saving throw, or ability check, you can use this equal to your proficiency bonus. Yeah. So it's bardic inspiration. Yes, but it is random. Reaction. It is random. You don't determine which one you get, the even or the odd. You roll a die to see what you get for the day. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but it's you still know, at the start of the day you know which yes. one it is though. Yes. Yeah. So it this feels like bardic inspiration. Yeah, it is. But it's just a d6. It doesn't get better. No, and it's very focused on either it is all good or all bad. Yeah, I th- I feel like a bard would love access to all to bad sometimes. Yeah. Um, Tenth level ability, you get better at being a star person. Yeah. Right. You yep. can you can do more damage. You can heal more, or you can fly as a dragon. But more importantly, at the start of each of your turns, you can change your form, and I think that's what's really important. Yes. Start of your turns, you determine if you need to do damage, if you need to heal, or if you need to fly and concentrate on that one spell that you were concentrating on. Exactly. Um, and then last level ability is fine. You become incorporeal, and you get resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. 14th level, you take half damage from physical stuff. That's fine. Which, as a druid, getting resistance to physical damage is pretty cool. But only in starry form. Yeah. Just um, like a barbarian only gets it when raging. Yeah, but like a wild shape. Normally, you know, like a circle of the moon wild shape, I would have a lot more hit points. Starry form, I still have my game statistics. I have my regular hit points. Yes, but you also have your regular armor. So... Yeah, but I'm also going to be taking have an elemental of, damage. Like 13 or 14, so. Yeah, I know. Just It just it, it feels okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. Um, like it. Circle of the Wildfire is mm, cute. I love it. Do you? Really? Yeah, it feels because like Because it has an animal companion. From 3.5. I thought you would be mad because it has an animal companion. No. Okay. No, the animal companion is literally there to be sacrificed. I love it. Yeah, that lead, that, there's a weird ability in there, too. They get yeah. some bonus spells that they makes sense they have access to burning hand scorching ray flame the spells strength. balance the burning of the world and the rebuilding of it and i love that uh yeah this this feels like a um an edgelord druid like oh so, yeah fire oh yeah fire fix it fire fix it fire fix it yeah i feel like these are both e- the circle of stars and circle of wildfire like emo kid druids so um but yeah wildfire spirit it's cute and that's gonna win over a lot of people it, but it doesn't have any kind of like damage resistance. Its range attack is meh. Uh, but fiery teleportation is a game changer. Holy shit! That ability is incredible. Uh, of the of the spirit. Yeah. The spirit and each willing creature of your choice within five feet of it teleport up to fifteen feet to unoccupied spaces you can see. Then each creature within five feet of that space of the space the spirit left rather. Must exceed in a deck save or take a wee bit of little fire damage. Getting people out of a hostile situation like that without expending a spell slot, that's awesome. That's incredible. So this is only when this this is a wild shape feature. Yes. You do this instead of wild shaping, you summon a kitty cat. Yep. Um it 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 does a mini fireball when you summon it. Mm-hmm. It can um use your beer bonus action to attack. And it lasts for one hour or until it dies. Yep. Its armor class is only 13. Its hit points are five times your druid level. So it's second... Is it second level? Second level when you get this, 10. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But it can fly. So that's great. Mm-hmm. So I don't see... There's, there's no reason why this shouldn't just be flying over the fight, ready to rescue people. Yeah, fly, just shooting fire down on the battlefield and then rescue somebody if they're in danger. Right, because its attack is ranged. Yeah, six so uh, there's there's no reason why this isn't just flying overhead and then jumping down because when you when you spirit and each willing creature of your choice within five feet of it teleport up to fifteen feet they don't have to go the same direction they can split up yeah to unoccupied spaces you can see they can go wherever they want yeah. and they can do that every turn yeah I'm sorry every bonus action on your turn so pretty fucking good so your bonus action becomes rescuing people so that's pretty great. Um, the enhanced bond just empowers spells that heal or deal fire damage, which is pretty much what this class does. Yeah, I feel like um, healing is going to be it's actually kind of big in this one because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you do get fire spells, but you have cure wounds always prepared, and you have revivify always prepared, and uh, or of life and mass cure wounds eventually. So I feel like this is probably more leaning towards the healing, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with this next ability. Which I felt just it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't really know why. I fucking love it. Cauterizing flames, tenth level circle of wild feature. When a small or larger creature dies within thirty feet of you or your spirit, so when you're wild shaping, mm-hmm. a harmless spectral flame springs forth 
in that creature's space for one minute. Mm-hmm. When a creature you can see enters that space, you can use a reaction to trigger it, either dealing damage or healing. Yep. 2d10 plus your wisdom modifier. Mm-hmm. Number of reactions equal to your proficiency bonus. So anytime a creature within 30 feet of you dies, it becomes a bomb. Uh, it's either it's life or death. It's the flames of renewal or the flames of death. One of the uh, two. It, it becomes a, a healing or damaging little bomb. But just imagine that there's like a horde of guys like in front of you. But just like little like a bunch of goblins come and try to kill you. And you got your little buddy there with you, and you just burning hands them all. And like there's a bunch of like other goblins coming up, and they just see all of their friends just turned into little flickering flames. That would be terrifying, and I love it. Well, that's my that's my question. You do you think other creatures can see the flame? Yeah, I don't see why not. If you can see a ghost, yes. Same I think it's the same idea. Yeah, but so is this That's my point. Is it just I I feel like this is really that you can see the flame because you're present. It's not like your presence is causing these flames to come out. You've learned to see it. Mm, no. No, I think they come because you are there within 30 feet. So you're saying uh, whatever. I'm saying that the flames don't normally happen unless you are within 30 feet. Uh, but you can only use it a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. So as yeah. much as it might look kind of intimidating, only a couple of them are going to blow up. Yeah, but it's just, you know, you know, they'll all blow up. You can only use it. The flames will exist, but you can only pop flames equal to your proficiency bonus. Yeah, so that, that's exactly what blow up means. They're, they'll they have a little fire, but they won't yeah, but explode. I, yeah, but I love seeing the flames. That's fucking cool. Yeah, but it's a, a harmless spectral flame. I, yeah. I, I'm picturing like a tiny little flame. Okay. I don't know, it doesn't seem that exciting okay. visually to me. Maybe you're maybe you're more excited about it than I am. Yes. I have more um, imagination. Who knows? Nope. The fourteenth level ability is cool. So great. If you you're are wild low shape, on this subclass. Because it's dependent on that wild shape. Um the bond of your wildfire spirit can save you from death. If the spirit is within 120 feet of you and you're reduced to zero hit points and thereby fall unconscious, you can kill the spirit and regain half your hit points immediately rise to your feet. If I'm not wild shaping, I don't have this ability. Yes, but when are you in danger of losing all of your life at level 14 and you don't have your wild shape up? I don't know. You've used it before or something else important is happening. I don't know. Okay. Well, you let me know the next time that you run into battle without your primary ability. You have to use your action to do it. To, to use wild shape. So level 14, let's see. How many times can you wild shape level 14? Two, probably. Wild per, shape. Two per short rest. Uh, bop, 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 bop. Starting second level, we gain. You can use this feature twice. You gain. Okay, two times. No, wild short shape. rest or long rest? Use the feature twice. Wild shape improvement is level. Uh, twice. Yeah, twice. For short rest or long rest. So there's a distinct possibility that I'm going Can into a fight without it. Can you not hear me or are you ignoring me? I'm hearing you. I'm just reading. Is it per short rest or long rest? Oh, uh, I thought you were stating facts. Not no. Short or long rest, yeah. Yeah, so again, if I use it twice and I am about to get into something, I'm probably short resting beforehand. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't see... that. That'd be like... Going into a fight with no spells as a sorcerer. It just uh, it just seems to me like an ability that you you, as opposed to having an ability, right? Like, mm -hmm. well, the first time during a day that you're knocked down to zero, you get back up with half life. There's a there's a non-zero chance you just don't have this ability because you've had to use your you've had to use your wild shape. You know, I mean, earlier in the day, literally or, true for every class, or every more likely, you summoned your wildfire spirit for wild shape, and somebody killed it before they killed you. At level fourteen, it's got what seventy, 70 health? hit points. Yeah, yeah. So again, what's happening that this much damage is being done to this thing without you noticing? I I don't know. It just it it's, it feels like a I, an ability I can't count on as much as it's cool. And you talk about how your DM's always going to kill your familiar. You think your DM's not always going to kill this thing? It's 30 feet in the air. Fucking shooting down fire. At level so, 14, you're fighting things that can reach 30 feet in the air. 
am I? I don't. What if I'm fighting a greatsword wielding fighter? With uh, uh, the throwing fighting style, please. Great, sir. great. I don't know. I'm just not as enthralled, enraptured by the flame, oh, flame, dear flame, like you are. Um, to each his own, I suppose. You're uh, you're all about that, though. Yeah, is what I'm gathering. I think it's a fun time. Okay. And I can't remember the last time that we had a game where there were more than two fights in any long rest. Sometimes we go days without fighting at all. So that's true facts. That's true facts. But our games are not everybody's games. So yes, other people have easier games. Other people have easier games. Uh, Okay. We did spend a little bit of time at the front talking about Paul's email. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back and talk about that throwing style fighter. That's coming. here against our will you guys thought tyler was grumpy before just wait till we start talking about this section yeah uh we're here to talk about fighters which i feel like are the core foundational thing in dungeons and dragons the fighter man the fighter man in every video game the fighter man is the is the basic man woman child now you're a man Man, man, man. So, to that end, there's a lot to cover here, unfortunately. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Starting with the optional features, they fighting style options. There are more now. Um, how about we just cover the fun ones? Uh, I'm fighting, awesome, love it. Yeah, ten feet blindsight. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for fighting style. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, interception, you can reduce damage that somebody takes it next to you. It feels like a slightly less good version of protection, doesn't it? It's a very worse version of protection. Yeah. 1d10 plus proficiency bonus forever. Like, wouldn't you rather just impose disadvantage on the attack over Absolutely. 1d10 plus proficiency Absolutely. bonus? Um, but then you can also choose a fighting style to learn maneuvers. I hate it. I hate superior technique. If you want maneuvers, be a fucking battle master. I don't understand why this is an option. Jesus Christ. Why are you taking something so simple? Fighting style, right? Fighting style gives you a a pretty flat bonus or a pretty straightforward ability. Suddenly, you've made it very complicated. You get a maneuver, which you you have to use a superiority dice to use. um, And you you regain that when you finish a short long rest. It makes fighting styles many-fold more complicated, especially if you're not a battle master, and now you have to essentially learn kind of being a battle master as part of everything else. Stupid. Um, because you can learn... They put that in for, like, the fucking champion that picks extra fighting styles. Yes. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Um, throw weapon fighting. Love it. So happy. You can, you can throw a, a weapon, and, and you gain plus two on the damage. I dig it. I like that. Great. That's just a javelin chucker right there. Yep. Uh, un- un- unarmed fighting. If you want to fight unarmed, be a fucking monk. Jesus, it's easy. Yeah. Uh, it does a little extra damage, and you can deal damage to creatures you're grappling, which is nice. Take literally one level of monk and be done with it. Yeah. This is pretty underwhelming. So, martial versatility. We've kind of talked about versatility. I don't get it. I don't like it. My big thing with this is I don't understand how something that you worked so hard to learn can just be unlearned and replaced. So here's the thing. If you know any maneuvers from the Battlemaster archetype, you can replace one maneuver you know with a different maneuver. Is that with the fighting style that lets you pick a maneuver? You can replace that maneuver? I would assume so, yeah. I hate it. (laughs) I agree with you. Fighting especially, you don't just unlearn fighting. Yes. Right? You spend weeks and months and years honing a fighting style. That's the whole point. Yes. It's a whole goddamn point. I, I hate it. And now when you reach whenever you reach a level in this class that grants ability score improvement, which is several, you can just shift your focus. Yep. I don't care for it. Um maneuver options. I don't we don't have to get into all of them. There are actually quite a few. There are a lot. Um, but I enjoy uh the two that I liked were quick toss and brace. They seem fun and helpful. I generally don't as just as a player don't like maneuvers mm-hmm. that um, makes sense. 
Totally understandable. They're because again, for the same reason, they're not like a warlock invocation where you just gain like a flat passive bonus off the times like, oh, I can see in magical darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh, the range of my thing goes farther. Um it's it's a they're all very niche and complicated and individual. Um and as you learn more and more maneuvers, it makes a fighter, which is a relatively straightforward class, into a pretty complicated thing. Which is fun. But I don't have any problem with the Battlemaster as a subclass option. My issue is with non-Battlemasters getting maneuvers. And now that you've added all these maneuvers, there's a lot to choose from. So, so you said Brace, right? Brace and Quick Toss were the two I enjoyed. Whenever a creature you can see moves in, when a creature you can see moves into the reach you have with a melee weapon you're wielding, you can use your reaction to expend one superiority die and make one attack against the creature using that weapon. If it hits, you add the superiority dice damage. Okay. And quick toss. As a bonus action, you can expend your superiority die, make a ranged attack with a thrown weapon. You can draw the weapon. If you hit, superiority dice damage. Okay. Just simple, straightforward, easy. Yeah, those ones are pretty straightforward. Uh, Some of them are not great. Tactical assessment. Yeah, stupid. When you make an intelligence investigation, intelligence history, or or wisdom insight check, you can expend the superiority dice to add it to the ability check. Stupid. I'm a fighter. I am not spending my superiority dice on tactical assessment, friend. Not doing it. Stupid. Okay. Can we just end the episode now instead of getting into the next section? Well, no, because we got to get past this section to get to the fun section. Martial archetypes. It was going to happen eventually. Let's just get through it and hope they don't abuse psionics too much. Available to you when you make that choice. Psy warrior or rune... Knight. I don't really want to talk about Side Warrior. I don't. I have no interest in talking um, about Side Warrior whatsoever. You get Psionic Powers. You get D6s equal to your two times your proficiency bonus to just, you know, have a weird number. Um, and they go up to D12s eventually. And the abilities either protect you or an ally, add damage to attack. Or you move objects with your mind, you know? That's it's, telekinesis, Tyler. It's arbitrarily complicating what is supposed to be a straightforward class. I don't it's mind. not like adding depth to the class, right? It's not like all the bardic inspiration stuff we've talked about. It's not like all of the um, uh, cleric stuff we talked about where you're getting choices. It's adding two, like, a lot of random numbers and limitations no matter what iteration it has, like side points, side dice, whatever it is, is fucking dumb. At level seven, I can jump far or push someone that I hit. The protective shield has an ability, adding a shield. Cool. Right? Simple. Psionic strike. You can do an extra attack with force damage. Mm -hmm. Right? Or you could do extra damage with force damage, rather. You can move things with your mind. You can jump. You can thrust. <laughs> right? Instead of jumping, you can push somebody. At 10th level, you have resistance to psychic damage. Who does psychic damage? Bards. Mind Flayer. Ah, perfect. The Psy Warrior can fight the Mind Flayer. Or they'd be friends. So hard it only checks out if you are already a gith. Then you're already going to fight those kinds of things, or a or any kind of underdark dweller. You know, Drow and Dwerger are prone to fight mind flayers or other psi warriors. Or yeah, psi warriors. And at fifteenth level, you can shield yourself and others with telekinetic force. Half cover equal to uh, up to a number of creatures equal to your int mod at level fifteen. If plus two, a plus two to your AC for a minute is helping you at level fifteen, what the fuck? It's a bonus action. What the fuck? So it doesn't even help everybody. It only is going to help three, maybe four people in your party. Yeah. More likely two, because let's be honest here, your end mod's not going to be that good as a fighter. Yeah. It's probably, it's it's just probably going to be you up there in the front, so you plus one other person. Yeah, you and the other guy up front. Yeah. And then... (laughs) Free fucking telekinesis. 
You can cast Telekinesis spell requiring no components. Once you cast this spell with this feature, you can't do so until you finish a long rest, unless you expend a psionic energy die to cast it again. And that's cool. Although, if you're doing fighter things, using your action to do telekinetic things probably sucks. You know, moving an object versus attacking four times, probably yeah. not so good. I mean, you could pick somebody up and throw them, but again, I picked a fighter for a reason. I didn't pick a fighter, so when I got to 18th level, I wasn't attacking. Yeah. I picked a fighter, so I was hitting stuff. Yeah. Right? You, I didn't pick a fighter. Be a sorcerer. Be a wizard. Be a bard. Be a boat. Be a boat. Boats have telekinesis. I didn't pick Watch a fighter. Watch how they move through the water. <laughs> I didn't pick a fighter to be this, is my point. It doesn't it, feel like a fighter at all. We are. I am grumpy about it. I don't want it. I don't think anybody wants it. It doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense. You can hate on me all you want, people. Send me your angry emails. I'm against it. Yes. Yes. We are both against this version of psionics. Every version so far. Uh, all right. For the Rune Knight, I'm going to defer to you. Because happenstance forced our current adventuring party to split ways. Um, one of our party members is taking a extended hiatus, a sabbatical, if one would. Uh, so essentially, there are only two of five members left, uh, a sorcerer and a rogue. Therefore, frontline tanky fighters were needed. Myself decided, you know, based on the story, a dwarf would be, it makes sense, dwarven fighter, I will be a rune knight. Um, and the story, I, I, you, we can talk about the story later. I think I actually, the story that I gave you is one of my favorite. I enjoyed it a great, I enjoyed writing it a great deal. Well, we don't have time for it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the Rune Knight, um, is, uh, fun. It's, 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 it is what it is. Uh, it starts with learning giant and how to use, uh, Smith tools. So you do your carving, got to get your carving work in because you harness the power of giants and use it as you see fit. Um, you get between two to five runes uh, per short rest, depending on what level you're at, and they all have varying effects. Uh, I don't, we don't have to go into all of them. Uh, there, there are actually quite a few, but uh, I like the cloud rune. Uh, when a creature within thirty feet of you is hit, you can choose a different creature within thirty feet to take that attack. So that's pretty cool. Um. The fire rune creates fiery shackles that restrain someone until they make a strength saving throw. They take 2d6 uh, every turn as long as the shackles are on them. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, the storm rune allows you to enter a prophetic state for one minute. Uh, while in the state, you can use your reaction to impose advantage or disadvantage on any attack roll, saving throw, or skill check within 60 feet of you. So that's you can't cool. be surprised. Yeah. Um, Giant's Might uh, at level, what is that, 10? Uh, for one minute, you become large. When you ever, you, uh, you, you, is that? No, it's level three. I think you get that. Level three. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff at level three. Um, you become you become large. Uh, if the space allows, you gain advantage on strength saves and checks and deal an extra 1d6 on one attack per round. Uh, so that's, you know. I like that if you are smaller than large, you become large. So if yes. you are small, you skip medium and go to large. Straight to large. Yeah, I like um, that. At 10th level, you do get the runic shield, uh, which allows you to pose, impose disadvantage on enemy attacks within 60 feet, a number of times equal to proficiency bonus. So that's pretty cool. This 10th level feature, though, is my favorite. Which one? Great stature. Ah, yes. Uh, you grow 3d4 inches. Bam. Bam. Yeah. Whatever you were, you're suddenly 3d4 inches taller. Like, it's fantastic, right? Yes. You're you're a dwarf. You gained like eight inches, I think. Yes, I was a I was very tall. So so my character's thing was, you know, it, he he's a big guy. You know, he was 4'11, you know, start. He gained eight inches. Suddenly he's a normal sized human. Right. He's like He's 5'7 nowadays. Right. That's pretty big for a dwarf. He is the Yao like of dwarves. I just like to picture again that hat, that small fighter. Oh, know, yeah. Who gained 3D4 inches, a halfling who's like 3 foot 2 and is suddenly 4 foot 2. Almost 4 feet tall, you know? Yeah. And towers over every other halfling on earth. 
Um, but you uh, also your giant smite damage goes up with this. There's actually is the actual ability here. Yes, you get a D8 instead of a D6. I love the idea of a kobold using it. That's where oh. I'm putting my money. Yeah, he's cowering while you large. are two and a half feet tall. You use your giant stature suddenly. Rawr! You are a large kobold, the first in history. Some may even consider you a fucking Drake or some shit. Yeah, a god among kobolds. Um, and then uh, at 15th level, Master of Runes. Uh, normally you get your runes once per rest. Now you get it twice per rest. Boop, 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 boop. And your big ability at level 18. Really fucking cool, in my opinion. First off, great name. Runic Juggernaut. Great That's name. Great name. Uh, you become huge instead of large. Your reach increases by five feet. Just imagine if you're a bugbear rune knight who uses a whip. Pretty cool 20-foot reach right there. And you do an extra D10 instead of a D8. Yeah, I liked, I love the niche possibilities of this thing. Overall, I love the amount of bonus actions and reactions it adds to the fighter, which typically doesn't have that many. Yeah. I think both this and the Cyber Warrior did add a lot of bonus action and reaction abilities. So these feel more these feel more alternative fighter as opposed to wholly different class than fighter. Yes, yes. This feels this feels um yeah, it definitely does feel like a champion or a battle master, even like a samurai. This feels like uh, a magically inclined fighter, much more like an Eldritch Knight. Yeah, I'm glad there's no spells. I'm glad it's just kind of fun yes. giant abilities. Um just to you, the, the audience can't see this, but I'll show you. Just to remember all of the various shit I have, I have little post-its now. Holy digits. To try and remember all of the bonus actions and reactions that There's I now four have. four sheets of paper in front of his laptop. Yes. So the oh, next time word. we play, because I was I was missing stuff. There was literally stuff I was just missing because there's a lot to remember. Oh, we got kind of into it kind of fast. So. Yeah. So, but I'll uh, be good going forward. We don't have a lot of time here, but there's a last section of the fighter called Battle Master Builds. Nope. Nope. I, I don't want to talk about it. Why don't you want to talk about it, friend? It's suggested build strategies. It's a worthless section. Do your own research and make your own goddamn character. Below are recommendations for how you might build a battle master, reflect various type of warriors. That's all it is. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve suggested battle master uh, builds. Oh. Uh, uh. Yo, know, here's the feats you should take. Here's the maneuvers you should take. Here's the fighting style you should take. Like, I, I, here's my question, right? I, you're a guy. I'm going to get into Dungeons and Dragons, right? Mm -hmm. okay. You're, you're, you're whoever, you're a guy, girl, whatever you are. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to, today I decided I'm going to start playing D&D. I don't know a lot, but I'm going to go get the uh, starter kit. Yep. I'm going to get the player's handbook. Yep. I'm going to learn about the fighter. Cool. The battle master, there's maneuvers. Yeah. Okay. I don't really understand these, but I'm going to figure it out. Maybe I make a not great build. I eventually get better at Dungeons and Dragons. I expand the things that I've purchased. I get minis. I get dice. I get books. Those books include Tasha's. I am now proficient at the game. I have bought more things. I no longer need this. It's honestly just... Who is this just, for? It's, it's, it's for new players, and it's an or for the unimaginative, or for the people that don't want to work to make a character. That's my point. If I'm a new player, I'm not buying this, this book as a new player. So, no. But um, it could be... The only time that i see it as being helpful is if a dm needs to quickly make an npc and just wants to make an archer that is a battle master Bam, that's, there it is that's a good point that's exactly what this should be for or like if you need to quick make a, a sidekick yeah or something for exactly somebody. yep yes okay that's what this is for this is not players should not be using this no generally speaking no you should be making your character I think that's why we're against the versatility features kind of in general. Do the fucking work, people. Yes. Do the work. Yeah, plan. Plan out. <laughs> Assume that, that you know, your DM probably told you generally what to expect in the world. Plan accordingly. I feel like in every video game where you can specialize and it, op it offers the option to change that specialization. Respec. Respec. Yeah. There's a huge cost associated with it. Like in every game that you can respec. In, in any game... That's challenging, yes. Other games, no. Like uh, Borderlands, you can respect for fucking chump change. Back in the day, again, this is a decade ago, World of Warcraft, when they introduced the respecialization feature, because it didn't exist at first, mm -hmm. it cost so much money to do. I believe it. Like, guilds would have to, like, set aside money, like, okay, we're, we will pay for you to respect for this raid today. Like, it was so expensive. Now it's, I don't know, I don't play the game anymore, but I'm sure it's cheaper, but 
anything like this, just know what you're doing that you won't have to worry about it. Yeah. Read just, the book. Just exactly. Read the book. Like don't just don't just say, okay, I'm going to be a fighter. I'm level two. Whatever happens, happens. You know, <laughs> oh, I hit level three and we've been fighting a ton of uh goblins. I assume we're gonna fight goblins forever. I'm gonna just make a battle master because he's versatile and can do whatever I need to with goblins. Well, you know, suddenly you're fighting uh giants, and suddenly your battle master's maneuvers aren't really set up to fight giants. They're set up to fight a bunch of little creatures, not one giant creature. So just think ahead, you know, in terms of monsters and the kind of shit you're going to fight. You're not you're not always going to fight goblins or orcs or yeah. challenge rating one monsters. Eventually, you're going to hit double-digit challenge ratings, and you're going to have to deal with those. So maybe you make a character that's not super helpful against a horde of goblins, but maybe you got a sorcerer in the party that's got burning hands and can deal with it. All right, we were grumpy old men today. We, I feel like we that. ran along. Did we run along? We're I feel a like little we long right now, but it's no big deal. We're just we're just grumpy about it. I don't know what it is. It's uh, winter. I, I personally uh, love the new druid stuff, uh, and I love the rune knight so far. Uh, it's just the you know one side thing and the stupid battle master shit that I don't like. Yep. All right, people. Hi. Oh, I promise we're actually nice in real life. No, we're and, not. We're not at all. And we love you guys. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Uh, follow us on the Twitter at RGBD Podcast. Feel free to send us topics like uh, via email at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. Um, anything else, sir? Um, I'm trying to be more active on the Twits. So follow so, Till at Till Alrilo. Well, no, don't do that. But but just you know, say things on the Twitter on on our Rolling with Disadvantage Twitter thing. Um, you know, and I'll try to, you know, put in my That's two cents. At T I L L A U V R Y L I L till I'll really You mentioned twenty liked me the other day. That was fun. Found follow him on Twitter. I appreciate okay, people. That. As always, we will see you next time. Till then. Goodbye.